0: happens when you call yourself the greatest of all time, and you're not me? You know what happens? back we are back with another edition a post draft rankings edition of the fantasy 40 podcast with myself john dabari my co-host mr Matt walker brought to you as always by our friends at expand the box score be sure to go check out expand the box score um as i've already leaked what we're doing today and we talked about it last week post draft rookie rankings so had a little time to sit back marinate on uh who went where and how that affects our rankings. And we are now going to go over our rookie rankings. Walk where you want to start and how are
1: you doing? Uh, I'm doing fantastic, John. Thanks for asking. And yeah, I was, I was trying to push this narrative last week. Let's get it out there. And you're like, no, the people can wait. You know, let's do this the right way and, and let the dust settle. You said, let it marinate. You know, we, <laughs> we see how things shook out. You know, Hey, whatever narrative you you want to use, but yeah, I mean, just not to be, no, no snap reactions. We did the, we did the snap reaction episode and now it's, you know, we really looking at the teams, the landing spots, the draft capital, you know, some moves that have been made since then. And I think we're in a pretty good spot as far as where our consensus is. I know you and I, have already completed a couple drafts together, but we still have a fair amount on the horizon. So, you know, not everyone's the degenerates that we are, where it's literally the snake. Like I started, there was a couple leagues. It was the Sunday after the draft, the NFL draft ended Saturday and I it was in two different leagues. The draft started Sunday. You know, and then a handful that started the weekend after. So I like those. I like when it's fresh in the mind. I like when, you know, people like us get the advantage over people that don't, don't as avidly kind of prepare for things and then have to react after the draft. But a week later, I like where we landed on things. So what we typically do is get quarterback and tight end out of the way, and then we debate between running back and wide receiver. So before we went live, we said we're going quarterback, tight end, running back, and finish with wide receiver, because I think there is some disagreement for the two of us on the wide receiver spot. So it's a save the best for last narrative. Um, and not to you know disrespect the, the super flex community, but the rationale behind quarterbacks is that this class sucks. <laughs> so There's just really not a lot to talk about in the NFL. As we said last week, really showed us that they only play in one QB leagues, you know? So they just, You know, kept playing chicken and saying, No, no, you take the QB2. No, you take the QB2. And then it was round three. And they were all like, Okay, well, I'll do it. You know, there's, there's no significant investment here and we can move on for a year from now. So where we ended up in our consensus rankings was clearly Kenny Pickett at number one, the only first round quarterback drafted. He's going to be insulated for the Pittsburgh Steelers for at least the next five years, probably longer. The Steelers don't make snap decisions with their quarterbacks. They literally, usually have 10-plus-year-type options in in the Steel City. And, you know, we've said ad nauseum, the Steelers know Kenny Pickett. I mean, he played for Pitt in Heinz Field. I mean, they have to be extremely comfortable with him being their quarterback for the foreseeable future. So easy quarterback one in this class. And then our quarterback two, on average, came out to be Malik Willis. Now, that was because he's still my quarterback two because after Pickett, I'm just going pure upside. Now, I'm, I'm not committing early capital to anyone other than Pickett, even in a super flex. But when I'm willing to do so late second, early third, I'm going to prioritize Willis just on upside alone. And I still do like the landing spot with the Titans. Um You had Malik Willis at three, so not a tremendous fall off. But that's how, I, how he averaged out two for us. Desmond Ritter was the third. He is your quarterback, two. Now, he's my quarterback four, which is why he didn't compete with Malik Willis for that two spot. Matt Corral is four for us because he is my quarterback three. He is your quarterback five. And then last but not least, Sam Howell, who is your quarterback four and my quarterback five. So hopefully that didn't confuse anyone explaining the variance. <laughs> but Pickett, Willis, Ritter, Corral, and Howell. So I explained why I had Willis at two. You have Ritter up at two. Why don't you give me two cents on Ritter? Yeah, I just like the landing spot and I, I
0: like the talent. I mean, we talked about it in the pre-draft process with him doing what he did at Cincinnati. And he does, he does have some accuracy concerns and, and it's not, you know, something we we've seen in recent years and, and certain teams have been able to fix that at the NFL level is the Falcons. Are they in that category? I don't know, but I, I like the upside. I have seen him, you know, we've seen him win games and I, I think he's in a spot where he can get on the field and, try to produce with the weapons they have there in Atlanta that you know he doesn't have the best supporting cast and I just put him higher I it, in one QB I do agree with your assessment which is at some point you are just swinging for the fences on these guys so they're later picks it's a quarterback and and Willis probably does have the higher upside so I don't two isn't wrong I just swip, switch these two guys because I kind of like Ritter's landing spot and I think talent wise he's slightly below Willis.
1: Yeah, I mean he's uh, he's much more developed. I mean he's he's more pro ready than Willis. As things that have come out after the draft, is that Willis is a long term project in the NFL's opinion, which is he's not going to see the field at all this year, short of a blow it up scenario. Ritter should make starts in twenty twenty two. So I'm with you, and I want to like Ritter. You know, I you know sneaky more athletic than I thought four-year player, made Cincinnati relevant, better year over year, got them into the final four this year. Don't see, like, I don't hate him. I just don't love him. It's just kind of where I'm at with Ritter, which is why he fell to four for me. And I have concerns over the long-term viability of the Falcons starting QB job. I I think their their plan is to get their starter next year um, or potentially the year after that. I think they know they're a few years away ritter i think will ultimately just be a backup for them unless he has a davis mills type rookie season which is entirely possible they do have some talent there they have kyle pitts they have uh drake london who you hate they have quarternell patterson who you love you know they, there's pieces their offensive line is still trash and they're still not a good team but he he could change their mind i just don't think he's the long-term starting quarterback for the falcons i didn't see it i think Matt Corral, which is who I ranked a third above him, could be. I I, I don't know why. Just the SEC competition for Corral, uh, you know, the offensive skill talent that they have in Carolina, that he is going to potentially get the opportunity. Like, I don't want to shit all over Sam Darnold, but he hasn't done anything to make anyone believe that. There shouldn't be an open competition at this I point in time. He not want
0: to shit on Sam Darnold, but he's has nothing to give anyone any belief that he could do something at some point. But which, I don't, which know, is, I don't want to trash the
1: guy. Yeah, entirely accurate. Um, yeah, You know, you, you spot on assessment of what I just said. But I just think if Corral gets the opportunity with the Panthers, with DJ Moore, with Robbie Anderson, with maybe Terrace Marshall with Christian McCaffrey out of the backfield with, you know, the, the running backs that they have behind him, with a decent offensive line with, with an ascending defense. I think the Panthers defense is pretty underrated and young and, and can grow into something pretty formidable. Um, that Matt Corral, I just think presents with more upside. Again, these guys are, it's where is the upside to me after Pickett? Sure. And to me, it was Willis Corral Ritter. I actually liked, as far as landing spots go, I like Sam Howell's landing spot, the best out of the three of these guys that we're talking about because they the commanders aren't a terrible team. They have a good defense. They have pieces in place on offense. Like, you know, Carson Wentz isn't going to let them bottom out this year. So they're, I don't know that they're going to be in the race for a top pick in next year's draft, but next year's draft is deep enough that you might be able to get a Mac Jones type slide from a guy in the teens that the commanders could pounce on unless they're willing to make a move up. But I wouldn't be shocked at all. Same house, a starting quarterback for the Washington commanders next year. And if he is, then I'm curious where you already have him above Corral. I'm just curious where would I go with him? If I knew a year from now, all of these guys were the starter for their teams. And no long term assumptions, just everyone is a starter in twenty twenty three. I would probably I I I think he's sneaky, brings a little bit of rushing upside. You know, he was just uber productive when he had talent around him in UNC, he just got really really gashed last year with them just being depleted uh, on offense. So we talked about it though, too. I mean, a year ago,
0: he was the QB one in this class. And I mean, you mentioned (laughs) the team around him got shittier. I don't think he got worse. And in addition to that, he showed off a little more running ability than people thought he had a year ago. So the talent, with Howell himself didn't change. So I I'm, I think we're, as a whole, the fantasy community is far too low on him. And it's not like we haven't seen the guy ahead of him fall to pieces in a couple spots now. It's not crazy to think Wentz is out of there halfway through the year, a year from now. It, it, it's the best landing spot outside of that known starting Steelers job.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know me, I'll never say anything bad about Carson Wentz, but I'm not going to continue just to say good things about him that aren't defendable uh, at, at this point in time. So I'll just refrain, but there's not a long-term commitment from Washington for Carson Wentz. I think is he he'd be, he's playing for a new contract is what he's doing. So this mm-hmm. is an audition again, just like he auditioned for the Colts last year and they decided to get out from under him. He's now auditioning for the Commanders and for a next contract. So we'll see how that goes, but it'll be interesting to see how things pan out because the one that's furthest away from taking over the starting job. And I think being ready to take over the starting job is Malik Willis, but he's also just dripping with upside, you know, with his rushing potential, with his huge arm, you know, it, it's just, in a one QB league. I'll, I'll take that swing over a guy that might never be my backup quarterback <laughs> in a single QB league. And honestly, just, you know, all things being equal, I I'm going to swing for upside, even in super flex leagues. And now I'm going to sit on him for at least a year plus before I get any return uh, on Malik Willis, because I just don't think... There's not a ton of rushing upside with the other guys, so they would just have to be just hyper-efficient passing quarterbacks with tremendous touchdown upside to really even be anything above probably a mid-range QB, two in Superflex. I mean, even if everything falls their way. I don't think Ritter's ever going to be a big runner, even though he's athletic. And Corral and Howell, you know, they they have athletic ability, but they're, they're not going to bring a ton with their legs either. So are they going to be... 30-plus passing touchdown guys with, you know, 5,000-yard potential? I don't think so.
0: No. And the thing with Corral, I mean, we've
1: discussed it a bit, but, I mean,
0: the Panthers, right, the Titans aren't firing their coach. The Falcons aren't firing their coach. Commanders aren't firing their coach. Steelers aren't firing their coach. So the Panthers are going to suck, probably, and they're going to fire their coach. So even if he gets on the field, he's going into this, you know, negative feedback loop we see. Time after time where these teams draft a quarterback, they fire the coach because the team sucks. That's why you usually get a quarterback. This year, obviously, they fell It's a little different. But he's going to end up two years in, two schemes, two different staffs, two different. And, and more often than not, that doesn't work out for these rookies. And it's probably even more detrimental for a old longhead like Matt Corral. <laughs>
1: Yeah, listen, which surprises me, why you didn't have him rank higher just based upon his dumb dumb ability, but you know, and the fact that he beat up Wayne Gretzky's kid, Yeah, you know, these, these are two huge pluses in my opinion. The guy takes no guff, Personally. and he doesn't pretend to be someone he's not. So, hey, if we're
0: if we're drafting who I want to tell stories to and have a beer with, Corral is the one A in in one QB leagues for me overall. He's He's a one-on-one.
1: Yeah, 100%. Uh, I'm with you. (laughs) So, listen, far too much time on quarterbacks, but we all knew that. So let's move on to tight end. We are going to be brief here. I'm just going to run down our top 12 consensus, and then I'll try and find some significant discrepancies between our rankings. So Trey McBride stayed uh, as the tight end one in the class. Not the best landing spot with the Cardinals with – um, Zach Ertz there for at least the next two years, probably three years, but be interesting to see what this offense does now that uh, DeAndre Hopkins is suspended. They go more to tight end sets than four wide sets. Um, you know they clearly have a plan for McBride by bringing him in. Number two is your boy Jelani Giant Giant Jelani Woods. Three, my guy Greg Dolchich. Four, Kate Otten. Five, Jeremy Ruckert. Six, Daniel Bellinger. Seven, Isaiah Likely. Eight, Cole Turner nine, Chig Oconquo, 10, Charlie Kohler, 11, Grant Calcaterra, and 12, Jalen Ferguson. Just an honorable mention, 13 was Jalen Weidermeyer, who did end up with the Bills as an undrafted free agent. So you had Woods at two, I had him at three, so nothing to talk about there. I had Dolchitz at two, you have at five. Nothing really to talk about there. You have moved Daniel Bellinger all the way up to four in your rankings. You continue to do this. Always higher than me on my guys thing. And I just don't know what to do about it at this point in time because I have him at seven. I think he's still a little bit of a project, but I love the opportunity with the Giants. So can't really argue outside of those first couple guys. Um, but what finally made you get Bellinger all the way up in your top four?
0: Yeah, I mean, you like you mentioned, you turned him on to me and you're like, you're going to like this guy. And you're 100% right. Right. I mean, I liked, I liked the, the film I saw on him. And in addition to that, like you said, there's nothing blocking him. I mean, talent-wise, obviously the NFL level, these tight ends always take a while to get on the field. But there's – I mean, this is – a he's the first tight end picked, right, by the new regime, so the new coaching staff likes him. He's locked in there no matter what they end up doing at quarterback this year or going forward. He's – as far right, they didn't draft a wide
1: receiver this year at all, so he's the only uh, oh. what do you consider Wandell Robinson? I mean, it's up for debate. I, that's
0: what I said. I forgot. But, so, but. <laughs> so he uh, apologies to the Robinson family, but yeah. um, went over his head. Don't worry about it. Yeah, he's a, a little old fella. So he's, I midget. mean, he's a guy that an offensive minded coach and, and his staff picked to be a part of this team you're assuming for the future for the long run so you cannot beat the landing spot the Giants may suck this year he may suck this year because Daniel Jones may suck this year but if he does they're looking at a better quarterback a year from now and I, I just see Ballinger being an important part of whatever the Giants brass think they're building there
1: yeah I mean seeing what an athletic tight end like Dawson Knox did in Dable's scheme you know during his yeah. During his stint with the Bills, and there wasn't a ton of capital in him and, you know, that there was some development needed. I mean, Dawson Knox was just overshadowed by some, probably one of the greatest wide receiver rooms of all time uh, in college. You know, no disrespect to, I guess, the throwback Miami Hurricanes days. I think they had a, a couple... Good classes, but D.K. Metcalf, A.J. Brown, and Elijah Moore is pretty damn formidable, um, all things being considered. But I, I'm with you. I, I like Ballinger a lot. I, I think there's going to be a tremendous opportunity for him going forward. Just interested to see how he's deployed because, yeah, Ricky Seals-Jones and Jordan Akins aren't aren't impediments by any means. Once he proves competent enough, he's going to be on the field. I moved Jeremy Ruckert all the way up to number four. We both had him like at 12 pre-draft, but he got decent capital. He ended up with the Jets. I'm not scared of C.J. Ozoma or Tyler Conklin. I think they knew they had a glaring issue at the tight end position and they overcorrected it. With the the free agency, and then they got their tight end of the future in Jeremy Rocker. Now this dude had 54 career catches at Ohio State. Talk mm-hmm. about being overshadowed by wide receiver talent. I mean, two first round picks in this draft. Um, mm-hmm. uh, three, uh, sorry, three. I apologize, yeah. Williams. <laughs> Jameson Williams never saw the field, but yeah, three in this draft, and then the best of all, probably Jackson Smith and Jigba, yet to come to declare he'll be probably the top receiver taken in, in next year's draft. But you, you, there's not going to be a lot of opportunity to catch passes at Ohio State. But I think the scheme in New York and what Zach Wilson has shown that he has a proclivity for during his time at BYU was the tight end position. So I like the landing spot and the upside of Ruckert, and he's pretty – complete as a tight end so i think he's going to see the field rather quickly which is what got me the jump we both have kate otten in our top five landed with the bucks got decent draft capital even if when Gronk comes back it's going to be on a one-year deal again you already mentioned that we don't expect shit from tight ends in year one so i'm drafting for the future and i think kate otten has a pretty clear path to opportunity with the bucks in like 2023 and beyond which is why i'm assuming that you have him ranked as highly as you do as well yeah Yep. Okay. Beyond that, uh, Isaiah likely took a little bit of tumble for the both of us. He's at six for me. He's down at 10 for you. You have him bookended with Charlie Kohler at 11. The reason I say that is because they both ended up with the Ravens, which is probably likely what led to to the epic fall for you. I just think if anyone could be used more as a pass catcher, it's going to be likely than Correct. Kohler. Kohler will be the inline blocking guy. Um, I don't even know what the Ravens intend to do um, as far as throwing footballs this year, but... Likely is just a big wide receiver. So yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't think that the opportunity would be as difficult for him as it will be for a Charlie Kohler to to see the field, which is why he didn't tumble for me. But as I'm looking at my rankings a little bit more, I probably should have Ballinger above Likely. Just a one spot difference between the two, but the opportunity is far superior. For Bellinger than likely, and then just going down a little further, I don't think there's a lot to talk about. You know, Cole Turner landed with the Commanders. You know, there's there's a Commander on every one of these pages, ironically enough. Um, so there they're is. they're trying to retool their their offense and get younger. So uh, there could be opportunity for Cole Turner in a couple of years. I, I do still like John Bates, but there is opportunity there. Grant Calcetera, I mean, there's there's not a lot behind Dallas Goddard. So if he can avoid the concussions and stay on the football field. I think tremendous amount of upside for him. He might be a guy we look back in a few years and say he was a tremendous value even in tight end premium yeah. leagues. And then, you know, Jake Ferguson is an injury away with the Cowboys. And then <clears throat> Chig and Conquo, who you have at seven, I have down at 12. I mean, he just looks like John New Smith again, right? And he lands in the Titans offense. So I was a little down on him because he's not prototype. He's six two, two thirty eight, so So he's, he's a big wide receiver. I wouldn't even qualify him as a little tight end. I mean, he's just far too short. I mean, he's, he's he's beefy enough at 238, you know, and the guy's cut out of stone. But if a team's going to be able to find out a role for him, I, I think the Titans are a pretty ideal landing spot um, for Okonkwo. Is that why you had him at seven?
0: Yeah, and I, I I don't care for the depth chart ahead of him, too. He's another guy similar yeah, Wilson to – Hooper,
1: to, right, one-year deal, I think. Yeah, similar yeah. to Bellinger –
0: there's, if he can show anything, why wouldn't he <laughs> be out there? And you are mentioning him as, as a big wide receiver, and we, we've seen a lot of these athletic tight ends play kind of in the slot quite a bit. Their wide receiver room is <laughs> not that great. It's Traylon Burks. It's the, the corpse of Robert Woods. And I, uh, I would argue right now Okonkwo is probably the third or fourth best pet receiver on the team as
1: we speak shots fired at nick westbrook akine and whoever else is on there in their in wide receiver room because that's where it ends for me And there, there was another guy who i think is gone um that that i can't remember and then there was a rookie this kyle phillips kid who i knew nothing about that i'm starting to see being taken at like the end like the fifth round of a bunch of my drafts and he looks like a, like an undersized slot type guy and i keep asking like why are you taking him and they're like well, because who else is going to catch passes with the Titans? And that's never good enough rationale, but it just goes to show you how little there is standing in the way of some of the higher drafted players. I mean, Traylon Burks is going to catch an ass ton of passes his rookie year. And why not get, you know, an athletic guy like Chigun Conquell on the field as well. So I'm right there with you. That concludes our tight end and quarterback yeah. segments. One, one quick tight end
0: thing that yeah. I've noticed as I've gone through these depth charts and, and, talking about the rookies here. I think we're going to see a lot more two and three tight end sets in the near future in the NFL. That's just looking at what how the teams that address this in the draft and what they already have. I, I think there's going to be a lot more of that, especially as these guys get their legs under them in the NFL, the Cardinals are going to run McBride out there with earths, the Colts, maybe not, maybe they want woods to come along a little bit more, but the Broncos are going to have plenty of two tight end sets. Kate Otten, they could have two tight end sets with him or three with him, Brayton, and Gronk, we're assuming, comes back. The Jets are going to run three tight end sets with all these guys. The Giants could. I mean, their depth chart stinks, but they're, they're very capable for this year. The Ravens are obviously doing it, and they have a history of doing it if you go back a couple seasons ago. Commanders can do it for a couple years till Logan Thomas ages out. The Titans they're paying Austin Hooper. He's going to be out there. If a conco proves capable at all, he'll get out there as the season goes on. We mentioned the Eagles a week or two ago, and I think I bumped Calcaterra up higher because of it. They've done it with Ertz and uh, Goddard before. So now it's just going to be Goddard and Calcaterra and the Cowboys don't necessarily have a history of doing it and have the wide receivers to keep the extra tight end off the field, but between injuries and, and maybe, you know, uh, what's his name, Talbert, not progressing along early in the season. If Ferguson seems decent, they could have him in there to to help block while Dalton Schultz goes out there in two tight end sets. So I, I'm i investing more this year in tight ends than I have in previous years because I think a lot of them are going to be more a bigger part of teams' game plans than they've been the last few seasons. I, I think this is a good year to be in tight end premium or those two tight end leagues or, or – the the other the one league we're in where it's a tight end wide receiver extra flex spot I'm gonna have a lot of tight end exposure this year in the next couple seasons.
1: Yeah, I mean there's a lot of zigging and zagging, right? Like the, you know t- linebackers have been devalued because everyone started going three and four wide, so now you're having these like Correct. big nickel like these safeties that are playing linebacker. So why not you know try, try start trotting out these six foot six, two hundred and fifty pound athletic freaks to run them over in the run game. And and then make them defend them in the short passing game as well. So I, I think there's a ton of value. That's clearly what the Ravens want to prioritize. You know, I, I could see it being a Patriots type thing as well. You mentioned a few of these other landing spots where, yeah, why not try to create mismatches again after the NFL defenses have kind of adjusted. A little bit, and you were speaking about Logan Thomas. I just wanted to look him up real quick. He's about to turn thirty-one. I mean, which isn't old, even old for a tight end, but he's literally had one fantasy relevant season so far. I mean, it, for all the like, it almost seems like correct me if I'm wrong. Like Logan Thomas almost established himself as like a, a like a tight end that should be talked about in, in fantasy, and it was one season in twenty twenty. I know he got hurt last year, but I, I bet on a point per game basis, he's better than that. Yeah, I mean he had he, he was it wasn't even in the league for two years. I mean after his brief stint with Arizona, but did nothing in Buffalo, you know, barely anything in Detroit. And then yeah, you know, Washington signed him in his last two years. Yeah, I mean he had a decent year. He somehow had 110 targets in 2020, turned into 72 for 670 and six, which we'll take all day. And then in six games last year before he got hurt, he had three touchdowns. So he's you know, still pretty touchdown dependent, which all tight ends are. But uh, I don't know. We're gonna look at his contract after this as well to see this. <laughs> Would not be long for Logan Thomas where a, you know, a cold Turner, or a John Bates is relevant sooner than we may think, but we are now off tight end. We're not going to talk about these guys anymore, even though we love them. So we're going to go to running back now and then we're going to finish at wide receiver. So I think we're pretty much running close to right where we wanted to be here. As far as time is concerned with 30 minutes in for those first two, so we're going to try and keep this <laughs> to like 30 minutes, 35 for, for these other two and make it count. So, on to the running backs, one and two didn't change. They were one and two this entire time when they were drafted as one and two. So Brees Hall and Kenneth Walker are both RB ones and two. So, you know, so there's not even any dissension at the top. Then there is a little bit of variance here, but James Cook rings in as our running back three. Damian Pierce, the dark horse like at the Kentucky Derby. Yeah, <laughs> out of, <laughs> out, Good one. Out of yes. nowhere, you know, comes in in the it Superfecta. Number five, our boy Rashad White. Number six, Isaiah Spiller. See, the reason I wanted to push down to the big six is because there's clearly some some dissension after the one and two. You have James Cook at three, you know, and that's what kind of carried the water for him getting our consensus number three ranking because I have him at six. I just I'll, – I'll believe the pass catching running back in Buffalo when I see it. I'm not saying that there's not going to be opportunity. I just don't ever think he's going to be – I, I don't think he's ever going to even get to where – Devin Singletary got last year he just doesn't look like he's built for that if they end up using him as kind of like this split back almost like a a slot receiver that will get a couple carries a game then I, I could be wrong we live in a PPR world there's a ton of value and he's a hell of a pass catcher I just don't ever see the consistent rushing production from James Cook especially in this Bill's offense where Josh Allen still calls his number more often than not um which just limits the upside but you know he is my six so it's not like i'm cratering on the guy but i have isaiah spiller three still um i love the landing spot i hated the testing wasn't keen on the capital i still thought he was going to get day two capital but i think he landed in a pretty plum spot with the chargers where they can finally unburden austin eckler like they want to do they have given carries to much lesser men in recent years I think Isaiah Spiller is going to return value in his rookie year, even with Austin Eckler there. Um, could see 100 to 120 touches uh, as a rookie with long-term upside. He is still super young as well. He's not even 21 years old yet. He is the youngest back in this class. So I like getting the years as well. So you you tell me it's not like he fell off the face of the earth, right? He got early day three capital, which a lot of these guys did, including Damian Pierce, Um and he's young, he's proven production in the SEC. I was, I'm, I'm back on the Isaiah Spiller train. He was, he was two for me pre everything. Kenneth Walker did jump in with his testing measurables and his draft capital, but Isaiah Spiller slowly bubbled back up for me, and I have landed him in a ton of places in kind of the early mid second round pick. Now you have you set him down at seven, so it's not like you hate on the guy. You want to talk anything more about James Cook or Isaiah Spiller? kind of the stuff with Spiller is what you're saying with Cook. Like,
0: the the testing raised a bunch of flags for me. And I don't – I love the Chargers offense, but I don't know if I like it for the guy who's backing up Austin Eckler. You know, at at some point, Eckler is either going to break down or be out of there, and I I can see where Spiller could come in and make an impact because even though his testing numbers suck, he looked pretty good when he was playing actual football, which I think does matter, so – I don't, I don't hate him, but kind of like you said with Cook, I have him lower because I need to see it. And I think he's re, he's blocked more than anybody ahead of him as, as far as the talent that's above him on the depth chart. I mean, Fournette's not long for Tampa, even though I like Fournette. The Texans have nobody. The Bills have a, mix of garbage the Seahawks have nobody the Jets have nobody he's the first one in this top six you're like what what role might he have in 2025 I don't know the all the other guys there's a story you could tell where they're the starter in 2025 Spiller you could still say well he's the two to Eckler but it's cool because the Chargers Uh, put a bunch of points do you know what I mean
1: yeah I mean totally possible so
0: that's I mean that's the reason why I have him a little lower is because I don't he doesn't sure. have as easy a path to ascend as everyone else.
1: Yeah, you're pushing to 2025. I, that's that's the end of the window for most of these guys, right? I mean, we're at yeah. <laughs> year three at, at that point in time. I mean, Samir White still has a Josh Jacobs problem this year. Kenneth Walker's going to have a Rashad Penny problem, at least for this year. They paid him. They're, they're oh, going to yeah. split no, the this problems year. Now. Cook's going to have you know a Singletary problem for a year. Damian Pierce is the only one that doesn't really – present as any obstacles, but the offense, I still think has it's a ways shit. to go. Rashad White, if the top back gets injured, might be the best of the bunch for, for these guys that have someone standing in their way just because of his pass catching pedigree. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I'm, I'm there with you. I, I totally get it on Spiller. You know, I, I know, um, outside of conventional wisdom on him. I'm just staying here. There's a, sometimes where I feel a certain way about a guy. It's, you know, we keep, we always go back to Aaron Jones. When they drafted Jamal Williams first with Green Bay, I laughed and I said, Great, push his value down. I'm drafted Aaron Jones yeah. everywhere because he's the better player. And, and it's just, it's, it's rung true more often than not when Trey Sermon got drafted before Eli Mitchell. Awesome. Some, I'm, I'm going to be super heavy on Eli Mitchell. I like the player better and he's going to be cheaper. You know, they let me keep scooping Isaiah Spiller up in the mid-second round. And um, I'm willing to be wrong on him. Damian Pierce, everyone loves Damian Pierce now. I mean, everyone. I mean, this guy is now a consensus top five back for everyone, including us. He's four for you. He's five for me. For me, it's it's a lot of opportunity and projection. I mean, he, he didn't have a ton of really tape uh, at Florida. He was never used as a bell cow back. But everyone just believes he's going to be one, you know, for the Houston Texans. They still have a bunch under contract. They did sign Marlon Mack. They still have, um, old ass Rex Burkhead there. I believe they still have Royce Freeman under contract. None of these guys should really stand in his way, but I could see them going old Patriots and using specialized backs and Pierce only seeing like 12 to 14 touches a game as a rookie and really not hitting the threshold everyone wants him to be. But. The The opportunity is undeniable. The person I do want to talk about, you have Zemir White at five. I have him at seven. I never see Zemir White being anything more than a two-down grinder for the Raiders. Again, an extension off of those Patriots tree. Now, that's been productive in stretches in the past. I just have questions uh, about him and really his uh, – I don't hate the landing spot, but you know he's really not going to do a lot barring injury in year one. And then you're just assuming he's going to take over that Josh – the first and second down roll from Josh Jacobs in 2023, right?
0: Yeah. If, if Jacobs signs if, – if Jacobs gets the fifth-year option, I don't know how low I'd bump White. But, you know, what What are the Raiders telling us? What do
1: they want to do? They drafted a running back and didn't – They hated the Josh Jacobs draft class. <laughs> yes. <is> what <laughs> they just called all of them collectively, got on a conference call and said, we're not picking up any of your fifth-year options. So good, to me – yeah, the, uh, new GM, new
0: coach, new right. Mayock's gone, isn't
1: he? Oh yeah, they they brought a Patriot guy with
0: him. Oh, that's right. Yes. Yeah. So, to me, similar we mentioned earlier with new new staff there, they're not committed to anybody, and they backed it up with their actions. So, for me, they clearly want a role for him. Like you said, coming out of that fucking Patriot system is disgusting, and we'll, we'll probably a year from now I'll be sick that I took Zamir White in a bunch of spots, but. I, I, I like the player, you know, going back to two ACLs later, he was the top recruit coming out of high school, goes to Georgia, had, had a decent, decent enough career. He appears to be the guy they want in the future, not Josh Jacobs. So I do like his opportunity, even though I, I don't love what we assume this system is going to look like.
1: Yeah. I mean, somehow in three years, I mean, he, he only, and this is a Georgia thing, right? They don't bell cow any of these backs. They tell him like, we're going to, we're just going to cycle you guys through. You're all going to the NFL because it's a Georgia running back and you're never going to get a heavy workload. 382 carries in three years, somehow had 17 receptions total. I mean, just 17 empty receptions, 7.8 yards per reception. A lot of it scheme with Georgia, but you know, I just can't project. Anything other than rushing downs work for him. I mean, I know James Cook, who we already talked about, just was far superior. So why would you use a Zamir White when you had a James Cook? But I feel like that's going to always be the case, wherever Zamir White is in the pros. So it will always be a superior pass catching back. That'll just hinder his upside. But I don't disagree that there's there's opportunity there, you know, for a nice two-year run with Zamir White starting as early as 2023. Beyond that, so Zamir White was our seven. So eight is Tyler Algier, who landed with the Falcons. Nine. Out of nowhere, Hassan Haskins to the Titans. Ten, Brian Robinson Jr. to the commander. So you're the reason that Hassan Haskins is as high as he is. So we'll skip Tyler Algier because, again, everyone's talking about him now since Mike Davis got caught from the Falcons. Let's talk about Hassan Haskins. I And I think I want to move him higher. Mm, Well, you can't because you're not allowed to move above Spiller and you're not going to move above any of those other guys. No, he's – yeah, he's topped out. I I want to. The more I was reading about him – last
0: night and the Titans opinion on him and then you know where he fits in that scheme look we're we think we're starting to see the breakdown of uh Derrick Henry right finally missed some time last year this m- massive man but he's getting massive carry totals year after year now it's and and he's getting older each every year too well that yes. happens
1: son. huh that does happen correct all right undeniable <laughs>
0: As will Hassan Haskins. However, yeah, they seem super high on him. Uh The stuff I was reading from uh, their GM is that they're comping him to Derrick Henry. So swinging for the fences, we're already at that point where in running backs, in my opinion, uh that guy has as much opportunity as anybody if it comes knocking. If we end up seeing something happen to Derrick Henry, I'm not sure what his contract looks like, but I I suspect the injuries are going to start piling up. Haskins is going to be given that workload and that job. He's not, And he's not a terrible pass catcher. So even to start the year, if they're looking to keep some of the load off Derrick Henry, I could see Haskins having some sneaky PPR value. And if something were to happen to to, uh, Henry, Haskins can come in there and carry the ball fucking 30 times if they – feel like that's the game plan
1: yeah i don't disagree yeah uh, Hassan haskins six foot two 228 pounds so i mean he's no one's as big as derrick henry as far as running backs are concerned but he's he's a big back right so zanzar lands their line on nfl.com right so there's uh his strengths i'm just going to read you numbers two and three. One, one is is irrelevant it's not a knock it's obviously a strength but two wears down defenses with his physicality and his stiff arm is indeed stiff <laughs> damn <laughs> derrick henry Come on yes. down. I mean that's just he that's he's a no nonsense runner. He, he's gonna get north south. He's gonna get what's created for him, probably plus a little bit more. Um only did bench at the combine, so I'm not looking at his pro day and where he ended up kind of ending out. But twenty seven reps on the bench. Just keep keep talking about strength, yeah, you know, for, for a kid. So I'm there with you. I had him at fourteen, you know, so I have him outside of my top twelve, but I I'd have him in a few places because I think, you know, he's he's Oh, just about all these guys are an injury away, right? You're not, you're, you're, you're drafting these guys in the NFL is drafting these guys to replace any of these contract running backs, right? They'd rather just have these cheap rookies on these three and four year deals day two and day three that are super cost controlled that, you know, in a pinch, you know, can, can pick up the slack. And I do believe he is one. So kudos to you for, for getting them so high. Um Beyond that, Number 11, Jerome Ford. Number 12, Keontae Ingram. 13, Kyron Williams. 14, Tyrion Davis-Price. 15, Tyler Batty. So I have Davis-Price all the way up at 10 now, which is what got him in this ranking. You, oh. sir, still have him down at 17. I I see what everyone else saw. If He got the draft capital. He was kind of a mixed bag at LSU, but he's a big back. I think this the 49ers are already admitting defeat on Trey Sermon <laughs> personally and are just moving on to the next potential option as they just cycle through backs in their offense so I'm going to want pieces of the 49ers rushing game and he's still attainable I mean he's going in like the mid to late second round in rookie uh rookie drafts so I'm going to buy the player in the capital you know lsu is an okay pedigree with with bigger backs um and, and i just think he is he is next in line so i'm gonna i'm gonna be a little heavy on lord tyrion davis price why do you have him all the way down to 17 i get it and i get the upside you
0: know the niners running backs niners running backs i i just don't i don't think he's better than uh elijah mitchell And and unfortunately, I also don't think that matters necessarily for the Niners. You know, if if Jeff Wilson's healthy, Jeff Wilson will get more playing time than this guy. You're eating to his work. I'm just not – because I know he's going to a full-blown committee, even if he's great, he's still going to share touches with somebody most of the time, which a lot of guys will. But for me, he just fell because I like the guys ahead of him a little more.
1: Hey, no. Fair enough. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he wouldn't be near this high if the 49ers didn't prioritize him. But listen, I just talked about how the 49ers are dead wrong in prioritizing Trey Sermon a, a year earlier. So this could just be another case of Kyle Shanahan hubris, you know, in, in identifying a back that he thinks will, will fit his scheme and, and it not working. But th- it's also a byproduct of the fact that I'm not really that high on the rest of the running backs in this class so give me the guy that might just be an injury away from opportunity to run base attack so that's why i have him there keontae ingram's another curious guy who does fall 12 for us so he's in our top 12 you have him at 11 i have him at 15 i like the player um and get the transfer to usc would be john robinson coming in there to to texas he's a james connor injury away which is almost you know you know, inevitable. In. <laughs> yeah, almost inevitable. I still burn the candle for Eno Benjamin, but, you know, Keonta Ingram looks more the part of the one to one replacement for a James connor than an Eno Benjamin would. And we we'll probably pick up most of that rushing downs work. So I get why you have him where you do. Um, no, no real argument. I should probably do a little bit of manipulation myself. I mean, do I re- would I really take Jerome Ford over Haskins and Ingram? Probably not at this point, even though I still like Ford better as a back, but just the opportunity for those other two guys is, is undeniable, so I might have to do a little bit more manipulation, but I like that our averages kind of shook out well enough that all these guys are falling in reasonable draftable range. And the, the other one I want to talk about, and I think we both kind of like where he ended up, is Kyron Williams.
0: Yeah, I, it's, now that Sony Michel's gone, I mean, there is a role for this third guy there. And he's not – as much as people liked him before his horrific testing, um, The talent similar to uh, whoever I was talking about earlier, I don't remember, but the talent's there even – oh, Spiller. Even though ne- the testing numbers weren't necessarily great, I think it's a good landing spot for him because he's not going to be forced on the field early. Akers is there. If they want to spell him, they could get Henderson in there or this guy. Um, so I, I do like the landing spot, but it's another team with – he, he's the RB3. He needs an injury ahead of him to become fantasy viable. I think he's going to end up being a good NFL player, not necessarily good for fantasy, unless we're sitting here crossing our fingers for a massive injury ahead of him, which is unpleasant. But that was that's the only guy in that group. I mean, we went down to through our 15, I believe, which is Tyler Beatty, who I like the Ravens landing spot only if uh, Dobbins and My man, Gus the Bus, uh, are not ready come week one. But for everything I've read, it sounds like they're going to be close to at least be ready for the start of the season. I I saw there was some possibility for Pup for uh, one of them. I can't remember which, but I I suspect they're both going to be ready. and, And Beatty might, in the beginning of the year, get a little extra work than we're thinking, just to spell those two. But by the end of the year, I think it's going to be all... Gus and Dobbins, and he's going to be forgotten about.
1: Yeah, well, they signed Mike Davis as well. I think he's the insurance to you know, one of those two guys today. That's gross. Yeah, I mean, but he's that big bodied body. Just, there. He just What's cut it? him. Yeah. <laughs> I get, Thank you, Mike Williams. Send me a portion of your check. It's Mike M- Mike Williams. Yeah, no, you can't. You can't just Jesus. tangentially shit on Mike Williams randomly. It's Mike Davis. So, you know, <laughs> just don't take shots at Big Mike Williams just because you're angry. Um. But yeah, they signed him. I mean, I think Beatty's going to be, and I'm drawing a total blank. Who was that Oklahoma State Sooner that they drafted a few years ago? That's like never seen the field. It's like an undersized back that the Ravens drafted. Oh, Justice, Justice, Justice Hill. Hill. There you go. Yeah, I mean, he's taking his job, so he's going to probably be the running back four and special teams type guy. But I, I do like Beatty. I mean, were productive at Missouri, even though he's undersized. You know, was was able to carry the mail. As they say, but before we before we move out, let's we'll just we'll do Isaiah Pacheco. You have a fourteen. I have a seventeen. I mean, he's getting a bunch of steam with the Chiefs. I don't know if you saw the Chiefs did uh, UDFA on Ely as well, mm-hmm. who's a little undersized back who looks pretty interesting. So they're they're taking some heavy looks Seven, at their run fucking, game. Yeah, they are not happy with their current run game. No. One year, Rojo. Total disappointment in CEH. Yeah, I mean Jarek McKinnon was the best back on their team last year by far, but he's just aged out. I mean, they're they might be looking to turn that over in the next year or so. So keep an eye on Isaiah Pacheco. You're a little higher on him than than I am. We both are pretty low on Pierre Strong. I just don't like the landing spot. Him and Kevin no. Harris, no thank you. I'm not just gonna sit on those draft picks and hope. That one of them ends up being the 15 touch guy for a year or two, when Damian Harris is gone and Ramondre Stevenson is gone, and you know whomever else, they continue to to cycle through. So no, thank you. The one guy that I have at 18, Tyler Goodson, you have at 23. I just want to continue to let people know, like Tyler Goodson is good at football, really good. And Tyler Goodson signed with the Packers, and once upon a time, the Ty- the Packers signed Aaron Jones who I said is really good at football. Um, Aaron Jones won't be on the Packers forever, and A.J. Dillon is never going to be what Aaron Jones is. So just just saying that you should probably go after your drafts because he's not even going to get drafted and just add Tyler Goodson and put him on every one of your taxi squads and in a year or two potentially just have to send me whatever you win in your league <laughs> if when he is the starter. I mean, he's he's free and he's good. I mean, just check the comps because he comps to Aaron Jones. I'm just, just saying. And they have a type. I mean, even body type size, 5'9", 197. I mean, literally almost mirror images of Aaron Jones and uber productive in college and a good pass catcher. So so I'm saying. so I'm saying. Is a, a quandary right? Before we get out of here, you'd mention him. He's 18, and uh, I have him down at 22. I mean, went UDFA but went to the Dolphins. Um, we were just talking, I think. I don't know. Were we live? Were we, no. It was, it was before be we recorded because we were talking hey. about – the Sonny Michel signing. Sonny Michel sign, likely gonna make the team that could spell the end of Gaskins, definitely spells the end of Sav- Salvan Ahmed, um, with those Miami Dolphins. But you know, could Zuquandre Roy cut out a you know role as the RB4 in this offense because he's a special teams guy? Um, just make the squad and just be that much closer to opportunity. We both really liked him coming out. Doesn't surprise me a lot of guys that you know. Could have been drafted, went undrafted. And course the NFL is devaluing the running back position. So it doesn't mean that the teams didn't like him. They just didn't want to sink the draft capital into them. So landed in a very good spot. So much like I talked highly of Tyler Goodson at 18, John has the Quandre White. Za Quandre White at eighteen. <laughs> and is a name that you it's probably why I by Quan White. So it's a name you should keep on your radar as well. Moving off of them to the Last, but certainly not least, wide receiver position. Okay, here we go, John. It's going to get interesting, right? Both have Trelon Burks at one. Love to say it. He was both our wide receiver one pre-combine. I think we got our boat rocked a little bit at the combine, but neither of us really jumped off the Trey Burks ship. And then the Titans go and say, we're just one for one replacing A.J. Brown with Trey Burks. So he's walking into... Probably 120 targets. A scheme that obviously knows how to utilize a big, athletic run after the catch guy. He's going to be amazing um, with, with those Titans, regardless if it's Ryan Tannehill for the foreseeable future or anyone else. I mean, I believe it, he, he's just got nothing standing in his way of targets. With the I titans don't and the way they play, you said 120, which is a floor, which is good. Easy, easy. Which walking is probably down. correct.
0: He could just like you said, look at their fucking wide receiver. look at their wide receiver room, look at their tight ends. <laughs> 170 isn't a crazy number
1: anymore. Tell no, not with a 17th game. No, by no means. I mean, but just to try and put it in perspective, Whew. right? And there were some games missed by injury, but uh AJ Brown played 14 games in 2020 and got 106 targets. He played 13 games in 2021 and got 105 targets. So shaking out to be about 120 targets on a 17 game schedule uh with what AJ Brown was able to do now it was a little Julio there there was a little Corey Davis there uh, at points so there's far less now but yeah I think 120 target floor for pick or for for Burks but certainly with with the opportunity for more so he's our one we're nothing to debate here there' then it gets it gets a little it gets a little dicey but the way that our rankings read for our top five number two Garrett Wilson Number three, George Pickens. Number four, Chris Olave. Number five, Jamison Williams. Now, there's a notable omission in that top five who is in everyone else's top five, and it's because because of John. But we're just going to talk about the guys we have in our five, right? So Garrett Wilson. You have his three. I have it four. You know, no hate for Gary Wilson, right? Earn the two ranking. George Pickens, who is our wide receiver three right now, you have Pickens as your wide receiver two in this class. He is my sixth. So, again, no hate for Pickens, but you love some George Pickens. Is it the Steelers' landing spot? Is it Pickens the player? What, what got you here on Pickens?
0: It's a little little sprinkling of everything. I, I think, you know, you could make a case he's – Skill wise, athletically, he's one of the best wide he's arguably could be wide receiver one in this class, just you know, in a vacuum. Guy's super talented. He fell because he's a little goofy off the field. There there was a thing I was seeing where they said teams may have been scared off because he may be too intense for the NFL. I don't even know what the fuck that means. Yeah, that's but if, exactly you, what I want to hear. Have you seen the video of him getting drafted?
1: No, but I heard it's I heard it's a little It's a psychopath. Is it, what it is. Yeah. So, I mean, listen, he's Latimer from the program. That's
0: fine. So you yeah. get you get that on a team who rarely whiffs at wide receiver. I mean, the the Steelers they have some misses in there obviously as everyone does, but more often than not the Steelers hit on draft picks and especially wide receivers. He he goes to a good spot, good team, talent through the roof. You know, I think I, I said when we had been doing rankings earlier in the in the um, off season, because this group sucks, th- and I usually draft for floor, I play it safe. This is a year where you're swinging for the fences is going to be more rewarded than usual. I think so. Playing just upside. To me, Pickens is two, clearly.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'd argue, like I said, i have mistakes. I love the player. Um, psychopath. <laughs> I love the landing spot. I'm loving the psychopath aspect. I mean, just some of the clips of watching him block, I mean, they, that's I think that's what you would want in an NFL receiver, right? I mean, I'll have to go back and find the, the draft clip of him being a psychopath. The thing that I found most entertaining about the NFL draft is that the Pittsburgh Steelers sent Chase Claypool out there to draft his replacement on national television. That Mm -hmm. was by far the most ironic element of the entire draft because this is what the Steelers do. There's very few guys that they give these big second contracts to. I mean, it's literally Antonio Brown. Other than that, it's there's (laughs) the door in the lesson. Shit. Yeah. There's the door. You know, we, we, we hit far more often than we, than we don't. I mean, there's, there's misses everywhere, but you know, I, I'm going to trust that the Steelers can evaluate and develop wide receivers. So, Hard to argue. Um, Pickens there. Olave at four. I have Olave at five. You have him at four. Again, not a lot to talk about. Jameson Williams at five. I have Jameson Williams as my three. You have him as your sixth. Is it the injury? Is it the Lions? I mean, you don't see many people who have Jamison Williams that low.
0: It's a little bit of each, and to be honest, I, I should probably be higher on him because I, I really like him. I think the top of this wide receiver class is – is very good. I think these top guys are good. Um, yes, his ding is the injury combined with the Lions. A, a year from now, if you could tell me who the Lions quarterback is next season, I, I, I would adjust him probably upwards accordingly. But right now, with Golf, with what I mean, Detroit knows they're going to stink this year, so they're mm-hmm. in no, they're not going to be in a hurry to get him on the field. So I kind of think this is going to be, you know, a bit of a. Red shirt year for him, where he's not going to get heavily involved. Upside's through the roof, too. I mean, you know, I I said I put Pickens there based on upside. To be honest, if if I stuck to it player to player, I I should have Williams probably three. To be honest, but yeah, I I just don't. You know, the the Lions have
1: hurt us all. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, we have scars. Yeah, that's (laughs) and with the wide receivers. I mean, you know, after Calvin Johnson, it's been all downhill. Since then, did you know that Jameson Williams, his family pretty much made him go to Ohio State? He wanted to go to Bama the entire time. It's just ironic that it took him transferring to Alabama mm. to, to finally hit when he entered the portal. But he, he went to Ohio State because of his family. I did that. It's, it's just interesting the way the things shake out. But, yeah, so that's five. Now let's get to six. All right, six is Drake London. I have Drake London as my wide receiver, two in this cliff. You have Drake London as your wide receiver, 10. I don't have to defend my position as he's pretty much in everyone else's top three. Why don't you tell me why you absolutely hate Drake London again?
0: Here we can go down the rabbit hole even more. <laughs> the only reason he's ten <laughs> is because he's clearly the team's top wide receiver. <laughs> if he went to, if he went to the Lions, if he went to the Saints, if he went to Pittsburgh, I would have him lower. He's only there because I mean we, we've talked about it a ton. I, I I don't get it. I don't like the player. He he doesn't separate. He can't separate. You need to separate to get the ball. Knowing the quarterback that is currently his starting quarterback who doesn't throw to guys that are covered, he's he's not going to see the targets. I think everyone thinks he will. I don't think he's going to be productive at the NFL level. I, I think there's, there's a world where he ends up becoming a, a big red zone threat, and he does end up getting a bunch of touchdowns that carry him. But, you know, talking about Burks, we are saying 120 floor, I don't see him getting – I don't see where London can get to 120 targets, even on that shitty team with no one competing in the wide receiver room. I I just don't see – I don't like the player to begin with, and I also don't see – with the surrounding cast in Atlanta. Okay.
1: Yeah, listen, Drake London – a premium dominator bre- breakout age, 18 years old, 99th percentile. Dominator rating, 69th percentile on roughly 35 percent. Carlos target share, 27%, 82nd percentile. He's comped most favorably on you know, player profile or to Marcus Colston, which which I I like that comp. As an 18 year old, he had 39 for six five sixty-seven and five touchdowns. As an eighteen year old freshman at USC, when Michael Pittman and I'm on round St. Brown, two guys who were just what? Top 15 wide receivers in the NFL this year. Drake London was involved, you know, taking targets away from both of those guys. I'm with you. I was the one, fuck, when they, my Eagles drafted J.J. Ortega Whiteside, where I was just screaming from the rooftops not to do it. You know, he's like, he's just, he, he, he looks so good catching contested passes because he can't do anything else. Every pass will be contested his entire career, and now that dude is transitioning to be a tight end for the Eagles just to stay on the rock officially is he oh yeah he's he's, oh, he's a tight end so in your deepest of deep leagues but to think you <laughs> can bulk up and be a move tight end Get the you Eagles know, tight end for stranger things have happened right yeah worse than Grant Calcaterra but um yeah I mean the opportunity to draft capital you know the production um I, I don't like that he didn't test but I didn't think he was going to test well so it doesn't surprise me he didn't test that ankle probably almost saved him from yeah. testing and get knocked down a little bit in draft capital. But um I'm gonna stick with him at two, but it's a loose two. I like Jameson Williams. I mean I could you know I could see the variance and Jamison Williams indoors at Ford Field, I just see as being something I want some pieces of. So I might I might vary a little bit if I'm if a non traylon Burks opportunity presents itself in future drafts where both of those guys are on the board, I might pivot and diversify like you do here and there. It's not as stringent of a one and two for me, but Um, moving off of Drake London at six, Sky Moore at seven, Jahan Dodson at eight, Christian Watson at nine, Alec Pierce at 10. So we got, uh, one more first round pick in there in Jahan Dodson who went to the commanders. I don't think that's an ideal situation for him. Um, you know, there's likely going to be some quarterback turnover who knows what the future of Terry McLaurin is. I love the player. I just, I was never crazy about him as a high end fantasy asset. I think he's a more uh, better real life wide receiver, was great at Penn State, but I think appropriately placed as eighth for us under Sky Moore, who's just going to be soaked in opportunity, you know, as soon as this year with the Chiefs. They get the second-round capital, a junior declare from a non-power five. Like, you got to love everything that that Sky Moore has has done, you know, kind of throughout this entire process, right?
0: Yeah, and, and, I mean, good route runner, huge fucking mitts on the kid. Yeah, I don't – and again, this this Chiefs offense, get get yourself a piece of the good offenses, right? So even if you can't supplant uh, Valdez, Scantling, or Juju this year, th- the route tree, you know, we've always talked about the KC route tree. This thing has blossomed. It looks like the roots of a tree now. Th- this thing is – these are not hyper uh, – no one's going to be hyper-targeted yet until – What's his name? Jesus. Mahomes. Until so Mahomes finds somebody that he trusts and like he did with uh, Tyreek Hill. So uh, there's going to be a lot of balls to go around, I think, this year while he gets comfortable with these guys. And and to me, there's no reason Moore isn't the best receiver in the room right now. Most yeah. dynamic, anyway. I mean, obviously, Valdez Scantling is, is a speedster and. I, I trust Juju underneath, but I, Skymore can do – he's a better all-around receiver than both of them. They both have very specific skill sets, which is useful, but more is the do-it-all now.
1: Yeah, I'm right there with you. I mean, and Juju's on a one-year deal, you know, trying to rehab his his image and, life. and cash, <laughs> cash a long-term somewhere else. Listen, his life is just fine. Yeah, so well, long as wow, TikTok's yeah. around and the millions he has in his pocket already. He'll be fine, but yeah, I don't think he's long for the Chiefs. He should have taken that deal a year ago when the Chiefs oh, offered it to him. Dummy. Who knows where he could be this year, but he wanted to catch dump-offs from Big Ben for another year in, in Western PA. That's not really understanding why that's a draw for anyone. But um, And then Valdez he's he's a glorified one-year deal as well. I mean, I know it was like a two- or three-year contract, but... It's it's really not. I mean, I think it's like a one year deal. He can get out of. So yeah, I mean, Sky Moore tied to Patrick Mahomes is is something you want to get a piece of. So totally understand your fifth ranking and my seventh ranking there. Both of us have him above Christian Watson, who is like the bell of the ball. Right, got drafted. You know, the, the Packers traded up in round two after everyone thought they were a hundred percent taking him in round one. They they committed some capital to go up in round two to get him to uh bring him into Green Bay to give. You know, Aaron Rodgers, a dynamic big weapon on the outside. Um, I'll believe it. I don't want to say I'll believe it when I see it, but you know, I mean, he's he's a super senior and didn't really dominate until his last season for the North Dakota State, and that includes some years when Trey Lance was there. You know, the, the number what three overall pick last year didn't really see, you know. Huge breakout in Christian Watson. Yeah. It seems like, unfortunately, you know, with just the the more mature, bigger wide receiver really looked more mature and bigger than the guys he was playing against at North Dakota State in 2021. So I, I, I reserve the right to be wrong on Christian Watson. I mean, I am at eight, you am at nine. I just don't think I'm going to get a lot of Christian Watson in drafts. He's going in the late first round in the ones that I've seen and. I won't be taking him there. I mean, if he falls to the early second, sure, I'll get a couple shares. But
0: how often do you build a narrative in your head and then it fucks with you when you're doing this? So here's okay. So here's my theory now that I have, and I'm sure it's reflected in my rankings from before till now. What is the most packery thing to happen here? Is it Watson is really good, or is it Watson kind of stinks? Aaron Rodgers doesn't like him and as we go down here Romeo Dubs ends up being the guy from this class. To me that seems to be the the story that fits all the goofy shit that's been going on in Green Bay the last few years. So it's just a complete gut feeling and <laughs> some nonsense in my head, but that really changed how I affect how I uh ranked Watson and Dubs.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's I'm saying bad. Nah, <laughs> like I, a bum. Nah, I like I like Dubs. You know, but yeah, you know, they clearly wanted Watson. I mean, but they didn't want him enough to spend one of those first round picks on him. You know, that's so what I'm that, saying. That I, tells you I, it was you. almost musical chairs, right?
0: Because if they miss Watson, not having it in front of me, I, I don't know who is the next wide receiver to go. But I mean, pre draft there was that clear top tier, and, and they knew not taking wide receiver in the first round again people are gonna be like hey what's this but watson would have been the next wide receiver in the first round <sighs> had they taken him anyway so he did save a round on him but boy i i wonder how much of that decision was made because their feet were to the fire at that point
1: yeah i mean it's uh I, I think they had to make a move. Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. And so <laughs> why not get the big fast guy that fries in cold weather? He already some, wears some, green. Some, and yellow. Some, yeah, some things are narrative driven, but I mean, he's big and fast. I mean, he's only 22 years old. I mean, so he's not like he's not like Valus Jones old. Right. So <laughs> for being in college for, for long, I mean, he's. But the kids from Tampa, Florida, like, did he even get any offers, you know, in to stay in state? Like, how do you end up in North Dakota State unless you're, like, from the Midwest? I I don't understand. Mm I'm going to dig into his story a little bit more. But it's not the begrudge Watson. Got the capital, looks the part, has the quarterback, open opportunity. There's not a lot standing in his way. What, Alan Lazard, Sammy Watkins? I mean, that's who's keeping Christian Watson off the field. Like, the short window for Aaron Rodgers, I don't. You know, you, you can't slowly bring this kid along, right? You want to no. compete. You got to get him on All the right. field. So he's going to get opportunity. Um, then we'll move to Alec Pierce. Talk about, you know, another bigger body guy. is going to get opportunity. I mean, Al Pierce landed with the Colts opposite Michael Pittman. Um, it's a great landing spot uh, for the kid that was catching passes from Desmond Ritter the last few years. You have him at seven. I have him down at 13, which is probably – a little overcorrection for me. I do like Alec Pierce. I mean, I don't, I don't want my ranking to reflect that I hate him, but you'd like Alec Pierce.
0: Yeah, he, and, and
1: I – similar to – I remember which running back we were talking about. Oh, well,
0: is probably. I, I'd like to move him up more if I could comfortably do it. I, I think he's in a great spot. He, he's going to be the – he's already the starter, right? He's the number two in One uh, think, Indy.
1: Right? Huh? One would think, yeah.
0: Yeah, Pittman, him, and – uh I think Paris Campbell is a slot right now, as far as the depth chart is. But obviously, that Ugh. can change. But, <laughs> but I, I super athletic. He was productive in college with a <laughs> NFL caliber quarterback. You know, did awesome at the combine, and he's on a team where he's a starter with a capable quarterback. He, I just get that vibe like he he could end up being matt ryan's guy you know what i mean he, i think in ppr he could have a real big fucking season right out of the gate I, he's someone that i've tried to get everywhere i could so far this is the few drafts i had I, I i've missed him in a few spots but when he's staring at me kind of mid-second there i've been like "Ooh, give me that guy dripping with upside in that system i mean the fear is three, four years from now when Matt Ryan isn't there, what, what's going to be happening? But
1: yeah, I'll, how, I'll, I'll how, take how many years that. can Ballard continue just to like play chess? You know, like play together. Yeah, I mean, and just keep trying to insert next veteran quarterback here. You we'll know? Russell mm-hmm.
0: Wilson. Four years. <laughs> I mean,
1: who knows, right? I mean, you can. I, I think Matt Ryan has a good year or two left in him. I don't think he's another one-year yeah. guy like uh, Rivers and and Wentz were. I think there's probably a little bit more of a yeah. Life cycle on Matt Ryan, but, I mean, it's not long-term. But, I mean, just look what the Colts are doing. You know, Pierce is a 6'3 receiver. Michael Pittman is a 6'4 receiver. They already had Miley Cox, is an absolute monster, as a tight end. They draft 6'7". Jelani Woods is a tight end. And then they, they did take another tight end late in the draft. I a mean, Monster, draft too. Two. He's 6'7", too. Yeah. He's fucking got – I mean, goodness gracious. Like, uh, Paris Campbell, who I think is, like, over six foot, <laughs> is, like, tiny on this team. In playing in the slot for them, I mean, it's just, it's crazy what they're building. Paris Campbell listed at six one, so their slot guy is, you know, still a it's six giant, one yeah. wide receiver. So a lot of big targets for Matt Ryan to throw to. And look at Matt Ryan, Tony Gonzalez, Julio Jones, you know, Roddy White, and bigger body guys. Kyle Pitts last year, he likes big wide receivers. So, I I think they're setting Matt Ryan up for success, and it could be in the form of an Alec Pierce. You know, who was planning
0: something.
1: (laughs) Yeah. All right. Moving past him. Let's let's rock down a little further and get out of here. John Mechie at 11. David Bell at 12. Jalen Tolbert at 13. Khalil Shakir at 14. Justin Ross at 15. The aforementioned Romeo Dubs at 16. Wondell Robinson at 17. Calvin Austin at 18. Valish Jones at 19. And your guy, sleeper, Jalen Naylor at 20. I know you want to talk about Justin Ross. So go ahead.
0: Not not a ton. I mean, you know, again, swinging for upside. Did he look the same after he came back from his injury? No. A lot of teams passed on him predominantly because of the injury stuff. The Chiefs have come out and they said they looked at his medicals. Their medical staff said everything should be good to go. So they rolled the dice on him. And, and similar, like we said, with Sky Moore, he, it's not like there's a ton ahead of him. If Ross can even be – you know, a, a fraction of what people thought he could be. What was that three years ago? Boy, did they get a steal! And and you know, if Juju leaves after this year, and MVS is gone. It could be Skymore and Justin Ross, and if, if both of them can hit their potential, this Chiefs offense is even better than it was two years ago. So it, it's yeah, just a ton of the, upside.
1: What's yeah? Happening? I love what the, I love what the Chiefs did in this draft. Yeah. They didn't prioritize these positions, but they got value and talent. You know, we were just talking about running back out, you know, they, they went after a seventh round guy in a UDFA, both who I think can make their team. They, they let Sky Moore fall to them in the second round and then they went and got Justin Ross as a UDFA. Nothing. I mean, they didn't reach anywhere to fill holes. They, they, whether they truly adhered to a best player available, but I think they came out with a lot of young talent that they could infuse in the next couple of years into their offense.
0: Well, and and he's free in drafts. I mean, I, I'm I've been taking him in like the fourth. It, it's ticked up a little bit the more recent drafts, but not a ton. But I mean, you know, we, we were talking about Sam Howell earlier. Two years ago, your Debbie leagues people were jumping over themselves. If you had Justin Russ and Sam Howell as your Debbie picks in twenty what twenty nineteen twenty twenty, you'd have been thrilled. Yeah, call your shot. Yeah, so yeah. I, I upside is there. He doesn't cost you much to acquire him right now. If he doesn't make the team or he sucks, it doesn't hurt you. Who'd you, who'd you miss out on your draft? Jalen Weidermeyer? Like, so what?
1: Mm.
0: Yeah. It it, it it could be a potential league changer for you to get this guy in the fourth. There's not many other guys in the fourth that could possibly – care of your team for yeah. the next five or ten years.
1: I'll go as far. There's no other guys in the fourth, especially <laughs> in this draft that have the upside and potential of Justin Ro so he can stay on the field. Um outside of him, I, I have David Bell at 10, you have David Bell at 13. And so he got to 12. So we kept David Bell in our top 12. I think David Bell fell in probably one of the best landing spots possible for the Browns. It's now come out that they're clearly not going to bring Jarvis Landry back because they shouldn't. Jarvis Landry really wants 20 million a year for what he does. <laughs> Kick rocks. You know, I mean David Bell can do all of that dirty work on the inside while Amari Cooper is commanding, you know, top coverage on the outside and those tight ends are running people off. I, I love where David Bell landed. Um, hopefully if people continue to devalue him, I'll, I'll land him in more places because there's probably a little bit overboard on him. His testing kind of dinged his upside a little bit, but I still like his potential, especially in a PPR league. And again, I think he landed in just a dream landing spot with the Cleveland Browns.
0: Yeah, I, I like the player. Uh, the Browns hit moved so much, and we know, like you know, running back Hunt's going to be gone. Dearness Johnson, I still don't think is signed, so something's going to change. I think there. he's
1: restricted. I think he's. I think he's trapped there. Unfortunately,
0: yeah, and, and I mean, <laughs> Ford is going to be the the backup in the future. I, I just can't bump Bell up super high until I see what all these new pieces do when they come together so i like him i agree with all the everything you said but yeah and, and for all we know fucking watson might not even play at a week 10 you know so i mean
1: entirely possible so we got to keep yeah, all so that there's, there's just too many out. questions for me to really bump him up right now but i i like the player yeah listen Darnus johnson congratulations a one-year three three million dollar deal Uh, as a restricted free agent based upon how I guess it's it's predicated on what you did when you played. So good for him. You know, he's just just so celebrated his twenty sixth birthday. They got a decent at least one year contract. I mean he's trapped and blocked again, but we know injuries happen and we see what he can do if given the opportunity in that offense. But you know it's unfortunate we'll probably never see a multi year deal somewhere else. You know, Mike Blatch on is another one year deal, some you know in his age twenty seven season, but at least he got a couple mil for for what he put on put on tape. Good for, for his him. Few spot yeah, good for him. Congratulations, Darnest. Real big <laughs> fan. Happy birthday. Yeah. Jalen Tolbert, not a lot to say. Yeah, just Cowboys offense. I mean, he's you know he's a he's a Michael Gallup not happening away from being the two. In Dallas. I mean, Gallup did resign, but is coming off an ACL. I mean, they do run three wides a lot. There's gonna be opportunity. I mean, shit, Cedric Wilson was a, a starting caliber wide receiver when he got some opportunities even as a wide receiver three in that offense last year. And Jalen Tolbert was just super productive at South Alabama. Six one, one ninety four looks the part. I like Jalen Tolbert a lot. He's my twelve and your twelve as well. So um good for him. Uh Ringing just outside of 13 for us just because of how averages work, but looks yeah. like we we both like Tolbert as well.
0: Yeah, and Kevin, what's-his-name uh, Gallup getting hurt is, is going to help him early in the year, and it's not like Dallas hasn't had success with three wide receiver sets in recent years too. So even when Gallup's back, I think there's – I really like him in best ball. If this is a best ball draft, I might even put him ahead of – I might put him up to eight. Because he's going to have weeks where he, he's, you know, teams are going to roll coverage to Lamb and and, and uh, Gallop, and, and he's going to pop, you know, two three games a year where he has these, you know, seven catch,
1: hundred and ten and a touchdown or two. So I I, I love him in best ball. Yeah, entirely possible. Now, we're going to go out on this note, and it's with the the most overdrafted wide receiver in this draft, and his name is Tyquan Thornton. The New England Patriots (laughs) took him in the second round, I'm pretty sure, of the NFL draft out of Baylor. You don't draft Baylor wide receivers. I mean, even Bill Belichick should know that. We as fantasy managers know that. but. Six foot three, 182 pound tight, Guan Thornton looks exactly like Marquez Valdez scaling to me. So, if they literally just wanted to get speed on the field because he is super fast, I mean, there's guys out there that, that you could have gotten not sunk a second round picking him. But I guess MBS commanded more of a contract than they will be paying this kid. But now just look at their receivers. I mean, they bring in um, Devontae Parker, they still have Nelson Aguilar, they have Ken, uh, Kendrick Bourne. They have Jacoby Myers. I mean, they have like there's still a bunch of twos and threes on this team. Why are they, they for speed? That's why you're you're drafting a kid in the second round just to bring a speed element because you were prioritizing route running, I guess. Before that, with non-fast wide receivers, I I'm at an absolute loss for if if for they me. weren't the Patriots. Oh. This is, they had a dog shit, dog shit
0: draft, oh, yeah. at least on paper. I mean, like you said, Thornton. I
1: this kid's know. coming into the NFL with two strikes. He was a Baylor wide receiver and he got drafted by the Patriots. Yeah. Like, they, they, just as fantasy, like two strikes right away. You don't want either of those things, really. And, and the Patriots
0: have three already fantasy viable running backs. They draft two more.
1: <laughs> oh, like, yeah. What the They're fuck? Just it's it's their just their nose the, at fantasy football. Yeah. Bill Belichick is doing. A big you know, but middle finger big, to all fantasy owners. Yeah, so Tycon Thornton, our are, uh, are wide receiver, 22 in this class. Right, yeah, just to, just to put a bow on that. So, John, we rocked through this. We went over, as we always do. But um, <laughs> anyone else, I think we touched on a lot of relevant players throughout this, got to our consensus, wound up posting this on our Fantasy 40 Twitter handle. You know, the official top rankings by position. Um Anyone that we omitted that you want to give a quick shout out to? I think we were pretty comprehensive.
0: Nah, we went through everybody. I mean, the, the guys we didn't mention. We said Stink too much. And don't yes. worry about me- Calvin Austin. I mean, you talked about uh them possibly mm, Pickens being Pickens being the replacement for Claypool. Um I've heard that they like Austin to be their future slot guy. So if Deontay Johnson doesn't get another contract, he may be the 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 future slot guy there. So it could be Pickens and Austin two years from now instead so of Claypool and uh, Deontay Johnson. So the, the upside's there, but, yeah, he's, he's just too witter
1: Yeah, I absolutely love the player, and, and anyone from Memphis, uh, I'm just blindly in at this point in time. But, yeah, 5'8", 170, but absolute test monster. 4'3", 40, 39-inch vert, 135 broad, 6.655. Six, yes, jumped out the fucking gym. Almost a 40-inch vert, 6.653 cone. And a 4.07 shuttle. I mean, this kid was, I mean, couldn't attest better, but he has a track background. I mean, the kid's track, mm-hmm. just just jumpy, you know, probably just, <laughs> just, jumpy. just Just has that in his, just has that. It's innate to him. But yeah, I mean, 5'8 and 170 rarely ever translates. So I just see him end up being more of a Ray Ray McLeod type replacement Gross. than anything else, unfortunately. But yeah, I do love the player. But no. That was wonderful. We've now talked about every single fantasy relevant player from the 2022 draft. You are welcome. Good luck in your drafts. We are the fantasy forty. Go check out expand the box score and we are out of <laughs> here. I stole it from you. I was I felt it and I just Go took run with it, young man. I just, I just took it. <laughs> I saw the mic and I said I'm doing it. <laughs> I'm not gonna stop. Good. No one can stop me outstanding beautiful well i love you buddy i got 20 minutes till i actually have to talk to a customer enjoy paid for not something i love so (laughs) hit end on this nothing you don't want to talk about Kyron williams no i lost i lost you oh Just now, when I said Kyron Williams, or you said him, and at the end of Williams it fizzled no, out. St- Oh no, I stopped talking. I just figured you would jump in. No, you did. No, it it chopped up.
0: It wasn't. Oh. and I thought you dropped. That, okay. That's why I didn't. All right, tell me about Kyron Williams.